The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Time for the market review. Todd Voigt joins us, Chief Investment Strategist, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Markets closed on Monday for Memorial Day. Let's start with Tuesday. And Tuesday, we saw consumer confidence a number. What was your take on that? It actually was a good sign. It was better than expected. It came in at 106 and, you know, it was 103 that was expected. So that that's good. Wednesday, we had ISM Manufacturing, which is kind of a bellwether you know, for stocks in terms of manufacturing. So that came in better than expected. So two bits of good news Tuesday, Wednesday. The not so good news is the Atlanta Fed GDP now report estimates GDP growth in the second quarter be 1.3. That was down probably from 1.9 a week before. And then Thursday, Microsoft had come out with some commentary. It wasn't an earnings call. They came out with that back in April. But they just updated their guidance, uh, and it wasn't good. So then the implication was, what does it mean for other big tech? They more or less blamed it on foreign exchange. But foreign exchange is rather temporary phenomena. You know, so big developed currencies, euro, dollar, move sideways. It's not like you're dealing with a Turkish lira that's going up, weakening forever. And so what happened is, I think the market read into that, that there's implications in terms of advertising revenue and cloud revenue, et cetera, that impacts other tech companies. company like Microsoft, how much of their business do they do in the United States? How much do they do around the world? And are there sectors in the world that are hurting it? To answer that first part, so 50% of their revenues from overseas, nearly exactly that. Of that portion, 11% is out of China. But Google, Facebook, Apple, NVIDIA are north of 60% uh, revenue outside the U.S., especially semiconductors like NVIDIA and Intel. They typically have more revenue derived from overseas. And, and there's a reason for that I, I don't necessarily have to go into. But the FX foreign exchange part of this was interesting because they blamed on a stronger dollar, which is true. And we are at rather extreme strength for the dollar. And as I mentioned, it tends to move sideways. So if you're betting on dollar getting weak, you may have issues in going outside the U.S., in particular if you're thinking like international bonds or something. Speaking of outside the U.S., let's talk about the German 10-year Treasury. I noticed that that was in the news a little bit. What was the impact and, and why does that matter? Well, because it was actually one of the more significant data points during the week. The 10-year on German yield was went up from 0.9% to 127 on Friday, and that's a 30 basis point jump in the 10-year yield. Their inflation rate hovering around 7.9%. That was a, a report during the week as well. With that said, combine that with the fact that the European Central Bank's looking to hike rates in July. And what that tells us is that hike in rates in July may be good news for the euro, bad news for European bonds. And that's why I say you might think you're going to go to international bonds and mostly European bonds to take advantage of a potential weaker dollar, but the bad bond market in Europe is going to net that out to nearly zero. So the point is, is that there are other ways to take advantage of a weaker dollar, stronger euro, because if the central bank in Europe is going to raise rates in July, then you'd expect a stronger euro. 
Let's talk about employment because on Thursday there was an ADP number that came in. The estimate was for 300,000 and ADP is private jobs, but 300,000 came in at 128,000. Kind of a thud. Friday, the Labor Department's job number came in way past estimates and yet it impacted the market. Can you explain that in our final minute? Yeah, that uh, payroll report, 360,000 jobs added, that, that was good news, better than expected. The key there, though, I think everybody's looking for is the improvement in the labor participation rate. And so we didn't see much change there, and we're hoping to see see that rise. Uh, ISM services came out on Friday as well, since you mentioned. That was a little weaker than expected, but it's a big part of GDP. Is what OPEC is doing with oil, is that going to help us at all? And w- it, it will in the short run. I'm glad you asked. But long run is about capacity and what's what are we doing to increase capacity? Do we want to increase the capacity? You know, if there's a war on fossil fuels, major oil companies are hesitant to make that investment. And so you may have the, the higher oil prices around here for a while, but the, the increased production out of Saudi Arabia would help. In our final 30 seconds, what are you looking for next week? Next week, we're hoping for a quiet week, to put it that way. Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for your time. Thank you. If you came in partway through that weekend review, it's going to be available in the Axiom newsletter or Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel this weekend. More to come. Stick around. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Like it or not, you are a media-consuming machine chased all day by headlines, texts, emails, on the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. News about market volatility and uncertainty could lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report increased stress about their investment and retirement plans. This isn't a time to be frozen in place. Take action. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side. Build a plan that will help cut through the noise. We'll provide comprehensive investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Let Annex do a deep dive on your portfolio. Offer unbiased advice with Wealthmetric and work to create a solid plan for you and your family. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. It only takes a couple of minutes, in person or online. It's time to take action and know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. This is a team segment. Deanne Phillips is here. She's Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management, CFP, a CDFA, Wealth Manager at Annex. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Danny. All right. We're going to talk about passion assets. So there's stocks, bonds, annuities, and a bunch of other investment vehicles. What makes something a passion asset? Right. So what you were referring to before is titled property, like real estate investments, you know, even really cars. So we're talking about your furniture, the dishes, sporting equipment, musical instruments, collection of toys, even photos, even pets are considered passion assets. Because emotion is attached to them? Yeah, I think so. There are stories around those things. There are things that do not pass by beneficiary designation. And so that's really kind of a key point here. Is the goal when we're talking about passion assets, the eventual distribution being a joyful exercise? (laughs) I think it's something that people can get in fights. For sure. So let me ask you this. Have you ever moved? Yeah. Uh (laughs) Is anyone really like moving? I mean, it's all about your stuff. And I always hear as a planner, when people are looking to right size in retirement, they'll say, oh my gosh, I have to start with this basement because I've just been collecting all this stuff and I have to sort it out between the stuff that I want to keep, the stuff that's junk, the stuff I can donate and the stuff other people might want. 
And so if they're already categorizing stuff other people might want and the stuff they want to keep, other than just the utilitarian things that they need, they're really talking about that stuff that they're connected to. And usually there's a story there. The question comes in, do your kids or other people really want that stuff or do we think they'll want it? And this is something that you want to do while you're still alive? I definitely, we want to do this while we're still alive. I mean, I'm looking at my 15-year-old kid, you know, she, I, I have certain collections. She could care less about all those collections. And for the most part, I think there was a magazine article that came out a couple of years ago, your kids don't want your old stuff, right? And that's very, very true. However, one of the exceptions could be where there's been a ritual that's been created around it. Like, for example, I know every Christmas, my daughter loves, because she's grown up with us, to sit with me and we put up the tree and we take out all the ornaments and there are stories behind certain ornaments. And that means a lot to her. That's actually a passion asset with a multi-generational connection that she will want to continue. A lot of times we make the assumption that if something is really important to us, a thing, it'll be important to people who are important to us. That's not necessarily the case. I mean, the number one item that people, the next generations really just don't want is books. If you think about the evolution of the hardback book and even textbooks now into electronic, you know, and people, even people who love the feel and the smell of books like me, right, will still use a Kindle because it's convenient. So there's a big difference between somebody's 1965 Corvette Stingray, and then a collection of thimbles from around the world. Is that where the troubles start? Well, somewhat, because there's a valuation on that 65 Chevy, right? And so this is why it's important that you understand what actually has a value of your passion assets and what has that emotional value, because they're very different. So kind of as a rule of thumb, if it's something that you would do a writer on an insurance for, then there's some value. And there's been some research done on that, right? And probably there might be somebody out there who wants it, whether you're going to sell it or whether they're going to inherit it. A little different with a thimble collection, right? There might be one or two that are pretty cool, but for the most part, that's a hobby on an asset that was just cool for you as a hunter and gatherer to find. Let's talk about the sad case where somebody has passed and you have to go through somebody's house. What is the best method to divide those passion assets? I mean, I've heard of even people going through, it's almost like a draft where people kind of go through and put stickers on things. Yeah, stickers. Uh, the thing about that is, though, like, you know, you can itemize things in a will and say who gets what. The sticker method is not official. So the executor of the estate can go through and discount it if they want. I mean, I, you'd hope that you pick an executor who follows your wishes, but you have to be really careful on all that stuff. Oh, tell me the Civil War story. I love that one. Okay, so um, in going through my parents' stuff, I found family letters from the Civil War, and I have my grandpa's on both sides uniforms from World War One. This is really cool stuff. So this is definitely a passion asset, something I would want to keep. There also is, besides sentimental value, there could be some sort of sellable value on that. But more importantly, I was thinking, you know, um, who couldn't get enjoyment out of this? Would the Civil War Museum want this? That way it's 
not just me keeping it, you know, in a dust-free environment to pull out if you come to my house to see it. But it, this way, it's sharing it. And everybody has that kind of stuff if they've kept stuff through the years that could kind of go to the public for a greater good. So that's a way to donate and maybe share a passion asset as well. Deanne Phillips, our Director of Client Learning and Development, Annex Wealth Management, joining us. Thank you. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News for a nice Sunday morning. Dave, my house was built in 1957. Whoever built it put in four locust trees. It's now 2022. I got big locust trees. I need to take one down, Mm -hmm. and we're searching for somebody to take them down. Yeah, I got a chance. Well, listen to this. This is where I'm going with this. You don't want to always take the low bid. Right. This is why you need a pro. Right. And it really transfers to what we do as well. Right. I mean, when the stakes are high, right. whether it's a tree or it's financial planning, get a pro on your side. That is funny, but I'm going to give you a, another story. We had a place uh, in a cabin, and uh, just the top of the tree broke off, and it was laying across another tree, right? And uh, and I called the tree guy, and he was, you know, he was this overweight uh, elderly guy, and he got out of the truck, and he looked at it. And he said, nope, Widowmaker got back in his truck and took off. I swear, he, he never even was, gave me a bid on it. Well, I'll tell you, this is probably how he made it that far. Yeah, he exactly. knew the conditions, yeah, that's right? Widowmaker, but right. I mean, I've seen, you've seen the YouTube videos of somebody doing projects and it without a pro. And I learned that a long time ago. It's like, I have enough ego to kind of put it aside and get a professional on your side. And yeah. again, you can do it yourself with this, but there's so many aspects in financial planning. I mean, just the timing of right. your distributions, yeah. the the taxes, the estates. You know this. You've been doing this for decades. Yeah, there's uh, 37 years. You know, that's really a good point because so many people get caught on, you know, should I buy Apple stock or, or, or Cisco stock right now? But there's way more to it. The, you know, the art, of course, is the planning. And of art is the execution of where it comes from. And what bucket is it in? In other words, you know, is it in a tax deferred account or a taxable account? And what money should I take first? That's all the art that goes into financial planning. And that's what we do as a team. And that's, you know, on our team, as you well know, we have PhDs, we have uh, lawyers, we have CPAs. All of those folks are available when folks come in and go through this process because it's not just about the investments. It is the financial planning, Danny. So mid-30s, I left a company I'd been with for a long time and I had a decent buyout on that. And I was I was cocky enough to think that I could make my own decisions I know, looking back, wrong decisions because we did something with our mortgage. We did something with our boys' college planning. And I think if I would have had a pro on my side, it would have had much better things that probably would have cost me less in taxes, for sure. You you remember that uh, interview you did with one of our clients, the doc? Yeah. And he said, you know, know, I I know there's a fee to hire this firm, but what is the cost uh, if I do it wrong? What's the cost? Is it certainly more than the basis point or whatever it is that we're going to pay uh, Annex Wealth Management in this case? What is the cost of making a mistake, especially on the tax and estate plan side, because it's expensive mistakes if you do do that? We've got a Hear the Difference segment coming up next. And this is the gentleman that did all of the research and then wound up not picking Annex Wealth Management and And then came came back back. to us. That's a good story. Well, it's a great story. And again, he speaks very 
fervently. He speaks very truthfully. Um, and he gives us the experience on why he came back. Uh, that's coming up next. Stick around for that. In the meantime, if we can help our website, AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. It would be our pleasure. It would be our honor to help you. We're back in a bit on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Seems like it never ends. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, and that's the goal of this segment. Another opportunity to meet a real-life client of Annex Wealth Management who we work with for investment, retirement, estate, and tax planning. Let's say hello to Tom. Hey, Tom. Hi, Danny. At the top, some quick questions. You are a client of Annex Wealth Management. Yes, I am. Annex is not providing any type of compensation for your time for this segment. Correct. And there are no conflicts of interest between you as a client and Annex as a firm. No, none that I know. There you go. Well, we like transparency. You've been a client for three years now. Before that, you were an active do-it-yourselfer when it came to investment and retirement-related decisions. You did all the research, all the analysis. You're probably pretty good at it. I thought I was doing okay at it. And actually, Dan, if you remember, I was a client of another company before it came to Annex. So I've been a client of someone's for a little over five years. But probably since the 80s, I really pretty much managed my own portfolio and I did all my investment decisions and did all the legwork. But as I came closer and closer to retirement, there's way too much to know and to do. So I turned it over to somebody. But Anna and I have been together for three plus years now. Do you remember about when it was that you thought, you know what, I might need a pro on my side? It would have been five years ago. And I was getting closer. I I knew I was going to be retiring. The numbers were getting closer. I had been meeting my goals. My kids were going into college. Things were happening. And it's like, there's too many moving parts to really understand. Pretty good with some of them, but this is your future you're talking about and you're going to like cut the lifeline of a paycheck and go and live off of your savings and the things that are, are there with you. So so that's when it was time to time to get some real help. You were within the 10-yard line and heading for the goal line. Yep. Didn't need so, to fumble. So that was not a quick search. You investigated a number of name brands, some local, some nationally based. When you were looking for a partner, what were you looking for? What do you remember? The big thing was is that when you're taking all of your life savings and it's somebody that you're going to trust, somebody that's easy to do business with, I like the local factor as you know, we talked about it. When you're just talking to a person on the phone whom you may never, never meet, it's just not that same comfort level because it's, it's your money. And so I was looking for that, looking for some track record, basically somebody you trust. You did all that research, and when it came down to deciding, ta-da, Annex was not your first choice. <laughs> not my first choice. To give Annex credit, it wasn't that they weren't my first choice. At that time, Annex was growing so much that I just had concerns that they, in a back office sense, would be able to, to keep up. There was expansion going on. It was growth. It was explosive growth with their business. And having been in a company that does grow and does mergers and acquisitions and does other things and have seen things go wrong, I was just a little concerned that the back office could keep up with the front office side of it. So it wasn't necessarily that they were my, my second choice. I had reservations, and because it was my money and I was conservative, I, I went with basically what was my second choice. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. We're chatting with Tom, a client of Annex Wealth Management. So you broke our heart. You're with somebody else. 
What were the signs that maybe you needed to think of a, a different partner? What it was is I, I was always kind of keeping an eye on Annex because they said at that point, Annex was my choice. My client rep, Mark, was persistent. He didn't let go. He kind of just checked in every once in a while. We had some conversations and things. And, and then it really was coming back to, all right, it seems like you've been able to grow. You've opened all these offices, um, nothing on social media, nothing in the news. And there's no bad press, so you, it looks like you're able to pull it off. And so we started going back and we took a look at it again. But th- then it was like the, all right, what are you getting for your money? Because they obviously don't do it for free. But with the comprehensive tax planning and estate planning added in, which I kind of got a little bit of, but not to the same formality. There weren't subject matter experts with the other company that you met with. That and actually a lower fee says, wait, I think it's time to move and give them a chance. How long have you been retired now? Three years. Anything surprise you with retirement? I was kind of ready for it, but I think um, what surprised me is how easy I moved into it. Probably the hardest part is managing your budget and, and spending your money as opposed to making money and spending the money you make. It's a whole different mindset because now you're you're living off of everything. But when you look at it, and the money is still growing and you're living off of it and things are going okay. You look to be a fairly young guy. Did you retire early? Yes, I did. Good for you. Did you get to the point where you're bored or you've been finding things? I'm not bored. I do odd jobs. I volunteer. My vacation. Anything you would have changed in the approach to the way you approach retirement or retirement planning? I would have gone earlier. A lot of people, they just don't feel, even though the financial person tells them they're ready to go, maybe I, I could have gone probably a year or two years earlier and, and maybe I should have. Tom is a client of Annex Wealth Management. Wasn't always that way. Chose a different company. Decided that Annex fit the needs a little bit more closely. Tom, we're glad to have you as a client. Hope we can be part of a great retirement for many, many years. Thanks for coming in. Well, thank you very much, Danny. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. Know the Difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Good to be here. Retirement plan services at Annex Wealth Management can get down to the nitty-gritty for company owners, CFOs, HR professionals when it comes to assisting in benefit plans that attract and retain great employees. It can also take things down to a very basic level so the employees in the program understand the benefit. And that's where we're going with this, 10 things you must know about 401ks. Tom, these bad boys have been around for 40 years, huh? Yeah, isn't that incredible? Some great stuff here. They're humble and lovable. The first one is you get a tax break for contributing to a 401k. Ding, ding, ding. That's the key. That is correct. People talk about matches and all this other stuff. Don't forget the tax benefits. And we'll actually circle back around to this again on number eight. So yes, tax benefits, keep that in mind. Yeah. What you put in comes off your taxable income. That does. In the pre-tax scenario, yes, it does. But also number eight is Roth, so we'll get there. All right. We're going to get there. Number two, there are contribution limits for 401ks. There are. So there are legal limits. It's $20,500 $20,500 plus $6,500 if you are 50 or older. That's here for 2022. There could be limits on your plan itself. They're a little bit lower than that, but that's a detail that, that we won't get into here. But those are basically the guidelines, yeah. Safe to say, if you really want to pile in, you can do it. That's right. Number three thing to know about 401ks, you may be auto-enrolled. Not a terrible thing. This is getting to be more and more popular. It's actually being very encouraged by the government to just automatically enroll people because what you find is most of the time when people are automatically enrolled, they stay in. Help me help you. Fourth thing to know about 401ks, there are fees. What do you know? 
Uh, it's not free, Danny. Uh, the thing about the fees is you want to make sure you understand how they work. There are fee disclosures. There's the 408B2 employer disclosure, and then there's the 404A5 participant disclosure. But yeah, take a look at those things. So, and if you have questions, ask your advisor for sure. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services. Ten things you need to know about 401ks. Number five, you can choose from a selection of funds in your 401k. Yeah, and typically you're going to find a, a broad range most of the time these days, you will also see target date funds, which are kind of a one-stop shop. But most 401k plans are going to have a, a pretty decent option from which to choose. If you're looking for more information on target date funds, I believe you've got a great video on our Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. That is correct. The What's go. That series. Number six, your employer might let you choose individual stocks in your 401k. Might. Might. You see this with bigger plans. A lot of times it'll be the, the stock of the company itself. Um, and then other times there will be brokerage accounts in there. You don't see that as much and those are kind of expensive. Be careful with those. That's the sort of thing you just do want to be careful with in a 401k plan. Good advice. Seventh thing to know about 401ks, you may have a Roth 401k option. That's right. Okay. I guess I was wrong. I thought it was number eight. Yes. Roth in a 401k plan. The key thing to keep in mind here is that the limits that apply to Roth IRA contributions, the income limits do not apply in a 401k plan. So most plans do have Roth these days. If your plan doesn't have it, you should ask why and ask them to add it. I'm a big fan of the Roth. Okay. And then number eight on the list, you can roll over a 401k account. That's right. So when you leave your employer, you have the ability to do a variety of things with your balance. You can either take a distribution. We don't usually recommend that one. You can usually roll it into an IRA. Sometimes you can actually leave it in the plan, depending on how much money you have. $5,000 or more, you can't be forced to take it out. And you can oftentimes roll it into your new employer's plan if you want to do that. So a lot of options there. We've got an entire website that kind of walks through your, your Yeah, folks, there. and if you've recently taken a job, um, we can help on, on that as well. The ninth thing on the list to know about 401ks, eventually you must withdraw money from the 401k. Yeah, there are required minimum distribution rules associated with 401ks, just like there are in the IRA world. A little crossover, some differences between them. But I mean, the whole idea of saving is to at some point take it out. So make sure you're paying attention to that. By that point in your life, hopefully you're working closely with an advisor and they'll keep track of all that stuff for you. And the final thing to know about your 401k, and it's just, it's the 10th thing of this 10 point list. It's my least favorite thing, yeah, Danny. I, that, I was going to couch it there. Um, you can borrow from it. Sometimes. A lot of plans do not allow for loans. I actually recommend to our clients that they don't allow for loans. Uh, and if they do, that they limit the number of loans to you know one. Try not to think of your 401k as a piggy bank, is my recommendation. Find some other way to fund that thing that you're looking for. Don't, don't pillage your retirement because you're going to regret it later on down the road. And there's a huge gotcha if you leave the job. Yeah, then it's no longer a loan. It becomes a distribution, and you have to pay taxes and penalties and all that fun stuff. And that's heartbreaking. We do see that more often than I'd like. And, you know, it's just one of those things that if you were in a situation where you needed a loan in the first place, you just add an insult to injury when you get hit with the tax bill. Company owners, CFOs, HR professionals, great benefits attract and retain great employees. If we can help, contact Tom Parks. You can do that via our website, right, Tom? That is correct, AnnexWealth.com. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Danny. And this is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show for Sunday. Quick break, but we're going to be back. More to come, 92.5 Fox News. 
Cut Through the Clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You know, we're open to any and all questions on our Ask Annex segments. Some folks allow their questions on the radio. Others aren't comfortable, and that's fine. We had one recently about somebody coming into a windfall, but ask for the details not to be shared, and we're going to respect that. But it does prompt the question of what to do with a windfall. It might be a lottery win. You might hit big at a casino. You might be gifted with money. might be an inheritance. You might be a beneficiary of somebody's IRA. To help us comb through the options, we've got Randy Winkler, CFP and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Randy. Hey, Danny. Windfalls happen in different ways. Let's start with something as simple as winning a lottery. What, yeah. what do we suggest? I have to laugh to say something as simple as that. Your odds are very extreme, but assuming that you did win it, what do you do? The first thing really is to consider putting together a team because there's a very good chance, depending on the dollar amount, you're going to be dealing with things that you've never had to deal with before. Probably need a tax professional, you need an estate planning professional, and definitely need a financial planning and investment specialist because there's a lot of things to consider there. Um, for a big lottery win, you get the option between a lump sum or a installment payments. And the way the taxes are treated on each is different. If you get the lump sum, you pay all the taxes in one year, which could make sense depending on your circumstance, but maybe not. If you were getting an installment payout, then you're going to be taxed on it on a yearly basis. So you might be able to do a little bit more tax planning there based on what bracket you're trying to stay in. Another consideration is estate planning. You know, if you take one of the options over the other, it could cause an estate planning problem because you might not have enough money to pay off the taxes because you're in the installment. So, And then what do you want to do if you die under normal circumstances and you've got money left over? So those are the things to look at from an estate planning standpoint. And then how do you invest it? You're getting at a whole nother level depending on the dollars there. You know, Do you want to be more aggressive with some of it, more conservative? Do you want to live just off of the interest? Those are just some of the things that you'd want to take a look at. Pretty sure we do not recommend that that is a way to build wealth by playing the lottery. Kind of the same thing with casinos, but what if somebody hits big at a casino? Right. Well, very much the same thing. Uh, there's going to be taxes that factor in there depending on where your winnings come from, on how it came. So you'd want to assemble the, the same team to take a look at it. You're probably not getting an installment option. But definitely, you're going to want to look at it from a tax, an estate planning, and from a financial perspective. Talking about windfalls with Randy Winkler, CFP, and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. All right, some more normal stuff. How about an inheritance? What should people keep in mind when that happens? Yeah, we see these much more often than we see the lottery winners. Over the course of most people's lives, there's a good chance you might inherit something. So it could be property. It could be a business. It could be uh, cash, stock, real estate, IRAs, Roth IRAs. And each one of them has a different tax treatment. Some of them you get a step up in basis. So if your grandfather bought something at $100 a share and it's now 1000 you would be able to get it at 1000 So you don't have to worry about that big capital gain. Others, you have to take it out with a required minimum distribution. The rules all changed for IRAs uh, back in uh, December of 2019 with the SECURE Act. So now you have to take it out over the course of 10 years. So it's very important to take a look at what you inherited and how you inherit it and coming up with a strategy. So it's very important to ask the questions before you make any of the moves. 
How about when an IRA is passed on someone's death? And you talked a little bit about that. That's a beneficiary IRA. How do they work and what what's the planning aspect? Yeah, those changed uh, not that long ago. You used to be able to stretch it out over the lifetime of the beneficiary. So if you had a million-dollar IRA, you had to take out a certain amount every year, and it was very regulated. You knew at the first day of the new year what the dollar value was based on the value of the account on the last day of the previous year, and you had to just take that out during your lifetime. Well, they've now changed it that you have 10 years to take it out, so they've shrunk it up, and you don't have to take it all out in you know one-tenth every year. So I think we're going to see some very interesting things happening in 2029 and 2030 when we get to the 10-year point with this, because people who haven't done planning, they're going to have a big tax nightmare. It does give you a little flexibility in the short run. If you take a look at, like, let's say you inherit the money at 60 and you're retiring at 65, maybe you don't take out anything for five years, and then the first five years of retirement, you take it all out. So it does present some opportunities if you're thinking about it. I think there's going to be this big landmine that goes off for some people 10 years after they inherited it. We've been talking about windfalls. We got going on somebody that won some money in the lottery. We don't know how much, but again, it's a planning thing. Same thing with casinos. And then we got into inheritance, and then we got into a lot lot of the other ways that people can receive money through an inheritance. It could be any number of things, and it really needs a plan. Yes, there are so many ways that the money can come in. And in doing a little bit of research on some lottery things, seeing that a lot of times it can be a very big negative. So you need to get some guidance. You need to think about things you wouldn't think about. Maybe you need a budget. Now that you've got all this money, you think you're rich, but you, you can, no matter how much money you have, you can find a way to spend it. Here's another moment where the audience says, give me a chance. (laughs) Give me a chance. Randy Winkler, a CFP and a wealth manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, June 5th. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex? Wealth Management, I spotted a fascinating study titled Longevity and the New Journey to Retirement, Covering Aging and Financial Habits in America. I immediately thought of Mark Becker, Managing Director, Wealth Management Services, and just like magic, here he is. Hey, Mark. Hi, Danny. So you're in front of many of our clients. You've got significant experience seeing them progress through phases of retirement. This study names four sub-phases that people might pass through. I want to talk about the four sub-phases, get your thoughts and perspective. The first phase, which is actually accounting for the 10 years before retirement, is what's called the anticipation phase. It's marked by optimism, excitement over the prospect of retiring, with some anxiety over financial readiness. This is the period in which financial advice is most sought. Is that what you find? Well... I'm actually glad to hear people talk in terms of 10 years prior to retirement. I would say I see that more around five years prior to retirement where people start to dial in and get a little more focused and a little more detailed. But 10 years is a better window. Really, you should be getting financial advice from the beginning. But when you start to think about solidifying your plan, preparing for retirement, that's a good phase to think about. There's some of the questions, by the way, in my mind that come up that are common to be addressing here. This is the do I have enough money conversation, really? And there's a lot of 
different ways that people approach that. But at the heart of it is really that aspect, right? And the other piece is what don't I know? So what are the things I need to be putting in place to properly prepare myself to make that transition into retirement? If people feel that they might not have enough, are there things that they can do 10 years, five years out that can address that? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's you. this is where you're going to solidify, am I adequately saving enough? Am I doing it efficiently enough? So, for example, I can maybe save more, but if I do it post-tax instead of pre-tax, it'll be more valuable in retirement. So move some needles a little bit. You're also really starting to pay attention to what your lifestyle costs. Get focused on that, and you think about what is my actual cash flow, not what's my income, not what the W-2 say, you know, when I was doing my taxes, but what does my cash flow need? And you can see that that will be a dramatically different number. The second phase, which runs from the day after retirement to two years being retired, is the liberation slash disorientation phase. Here, new retirees are excited by new freedoms, the luxury of time, but they're also uncertain about how to spend their time and money. Some 25% of retirees in this phase consider themselves semi-retired and may still work. Do you find this? Oh, absolutely. Semi-retirement is grown popularity a lot. I think it's a great tool. It's a great segue from, you know, the career focused into kind of the retirement phase. So if that's part of your plan, I think it's a really good idea. I like that we're also talking about how do I spend my time and my money. Often I find with people who have been very, very career focused, they may not have a lot of hobbies. They might not have those things outside of work that they're really interested in. And I'll sort of start to nudge them around planning for what might that look like? Where are you going to spend your time? What are the things that are going to keep you engaged and feeling young and you know motivated and those kinds of things? And uh, you know, watching people go into that first phase, those folks that have a game plan, they know what they want to do, they have interests and hobbies, they're very well adjusted a couple of years into retirement. And those folks that are trying to reinvent that piece, they don't know where to spend their time, they struggle a little bit more with that transition to retirement. So I've witnessed that with people and, and try to push them. I've even gone so far as to say to folks that are, I think are going to struggle just with the personality shift that occurs, make sure you plan right away heading into retirement where you want to take, say, your retirement vacation. Because this will give you a clear break in terms of the alarm clock every single day versus there's no need for alarm clock anymore. So kind of get yourself out of your normal environment and move on. From year three to 14 of retirement, retirees are in the reinvention phase, which is the heart of retirement, according to this study. It's when retirees do the most, they explore the most, family is growing, that's a big pleasure. Health becomes a little bit more of a concern, and that's where retirees learn to shift their mindset from accumulation to distribution. Yeah, starting to settle into the routine of a good financial plan that they're counting on. So I think about this, if you look at the transition out of the liberation disorientation phase that we were just talking about. Financial anxiety there is usually, I'm not sure if my budget numbers are right. I'm not sure if my spending assumption is right. And so therefore, I'm questioning the validity of my financial plan. Now I'll move into this new phase here, the reinvention phase. They're starting to really get comfortable with, yeah, I see what my cash flow looks like. I know that we've built a financial plan based on reasonable assumptions. This is me. This is what my plan ought to look like. And I see the outcome to it. And so the watching the movement of the market every single day and translating that into spendable dollars, that risk that is associated with that dissipates at this point and it gets settled in. So this is a comfort zone for people. This is where we're really just being happy about where we are financially and happy about where we're spending our time and our energies in retirement. 
at year 15, retirees enter the reflection resolution stage. It's a good time. They've learned to live within their means. They've remained resilient, even in the face of loss that they might face. They start to think about legacy. Yeah, this is a big transition, too, for folks. You know, where do I want to make my impact? You know, we all start to face that reality that we're not here forever. And, you know, it's a win for all of us, not a if for all of us that we're going to pass away at some day. So thinking about what my legacy might be, how that might feel, what I want to do, what I want to accomplish. Annex Wealth Management is equipped to be guides on this path. We've talked previously about meeting our clients where they are, working with them to fulfill the goals of the retirement they desire. Ten years out, right on the doorstep, already retired, we take the time to meet the need. Mark Beck is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for having me, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, June 5th. Quick break. We're going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. The Week in Review, Know the Difference Minutes, team segments, planning topics, including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Head to YouTube and search Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Now, this segment might be a shocker to those of you who aren't retired yet. If you're currently retired, please play along because you know how it really goes. And if that sounds mysterious, that's okay. To add to the mystery or perhaps unwind it a little bit, we're joined by Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Deanne. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's set the stage. There was a panel discussion dedicated to, quote, finding happiness in retirement. It gathered thought leaders, but it also included an actual retiree who added reality to the discussion. And the bottom line is happiness in retirement might not come from what you think it does. Experts state three things critical in common. Having enough money, having relationships with peers and community, and having good health. May I ask you to read what this regular person who was at this conference said when he addressed everyone? Absolutely. This is a quote. When you plan for retirement, it's like staging a very beautiful still photograph. The very first day you're in retirement, it actually becomes a full motion video. And you have to accept that retirement is not going to be exactly the way you planned it out because of a whole host of reasons. Now, that's not to say you were wrong or you didn't get it right. It's just like when we were at work, things change. You've worked with clients for a long time. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah, it's a beautiful quote. Life is not linear, planners like to say. That's why we're always going back to the basics of the financial plans and stress testing those. It's not just about reaching financial goals, but life goals as well. Okay, this was the Health and Retirement Study Assesses Trends in What's Important in Retired Life. It's a study of 20,000 retirees, so good sample size. When they analyzed life satisfactions, the study saw three core elements to life satisfaction. Deanne, obviously, this makes sense. The first pillar is money. Yes, and having more money does make you happier because it gives you more choices. But that effect appears to hit parity at about $4 million. Now, that's not to say having more hurts you. Of course it doesn't. But experts are finding out that having more doesn't necessarily lead to greater satisfaction either. That's kind of the peak happiness. We're talking about the health and retirement study. Three pillars. The first is money. The second, relationships with peers and community. You know, it's interesting to note that the study says all of these are investments, not just money investments. Right. When you invest in something, and sometimes it's money, but often it's time and mental capacity. It's what you're willing to give up to get something for the future. Relationships, obviously, are an investment. Social networks can take work to create and maintain. It's an investment of time, effort, energy, and for many people, creative fulfillment is equally important. Retirement's a perfect age for that creative side to emerge. But you got to invest in all of them, right? You do. Yeah. 
You do. And health is very important, too. If you've neglected the holistic health while working on your career, then we might have a slew of other issues. Right. And that is the third pillar in the health and retirement study. It's health. And that's a little hard. It is hard because sometimes we think, I'll pay attention to myself when I retire. Also, people become ill. They don't plan that. Right. Of course, things change. Deanne Phillips is Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about the health and retirement study. Deanne, how often do you see people hit retirement and then kind of flounder until they find out their or get their retirement bearings? Very often, because we have to remember we're not retiring from something as much as retiring to something. We have to come from an understanding of what we want to retire to. Life goals and financial goals are absolutely intertwined. Why is it? Or is it even hard for us to predict what's going to make us happy in retirement? Yes, because we have to consider the lifestyle around our choices. For a great example, buying a sports car. You know, we may think, gee, when I'm retired, I'm going to get that sports car I want. Now, just driving it around and having it might not be the key to our ultimate happiness. We have to consider that it's really kind of a lifestyle we're getting into, right? Maybe having a vintage sports car puts us in a club. We meet like-minded people. We have social events. It becomes a hobby. We need to fix it. We put more time with it. All of a sudden, we're engaging our mind, our body, our social interactions around something we like. It's so much more than, yeah, I'm just going to drive around the neighborhood, right? So it's really got us thinking through our choices and where they might guide us. Is thinking that retirement is six Saturdays and a Sunday, is that a mistake? Yeah, I'd rather have people think of it as a different job with fantastic benefits. So, (laughs) you know, going out to eat with friends or going on vacations or going to an event, these are things that actually can provide true happiness in retirement. We've been used to going to work and being surrounded by people and social interactions. So to switch that off and go into isolation too much can lead to depression. It can impact our health. It can be really culturally harmful, too, if we isolate too much. So now there may be a period of time where we say, I just need to decompress. And that's okay too. You have to follow your values. This is where a discussion with the people in your life that are important to you about what your goals are, kind of like setting a track for a new career or job. It's very important. So is there takeaway when it comes to managing retirement expectations? Yeah, we all have to remember that even with a significant other, as humans, we all have and we value autonomy, individualism, goals, mastery of something. It's important that we have our goals together, maybe as a couple, and our own personal goals as well. These are all very important discussions to have around lifestyle and retirement, both with your family, but also with your financial planner. Everything starts with a plan, right? Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Deanne Phillips, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Seems like it never ends. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You hear a lot about Roth IRA conversions, and that's when you take a taxable distribution from a traditional IRA and you convert it to a Roth IRA, and that is way too simple of an explanation. Is it right for you? As always, it depends on your situation. Eric Strom is Financial Planning Manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Eric. Hi, Danny. Tom Burkholz is a CFP and Financial Planning Specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Tom. Hey, Danny. Eric, how about a quick definition of how the Roth IRA came to be? How would I 
operates compared to a regular IRA? Well, Roth IRAs are relatively new. They were introduced in 1997, named after Senator William Roth. Here's how they work, Danny. You actually don't get a tax deduction when you put money into a Roth IRA. That's what makes it different from the traditional. But once you have the money in there, it grows tax-free. And if you play by the rules, it actually comes out tax-free as well. And that's why financial planners like them so much. Do you find that people, when they're younger, don't want to pay that tax now? They're gonna, they push it down the tracks. And isn't that why we're kind of in this situation? Yeah, actually, I think you're right. Yeah, we do see that. Tom, what's the rule of thumb when deciding to do a Roth conversion? Or is that way too broad of a question? Well, a generic rule of thumb is simply a question of, do you think between now and your death, will taxes be higher or lower? If the answer is higher, many people choose to pay the taxes now, lock in today's rates with a Roth conversion, and insulate themselves from future tax rate hikes. But you know what's interesting? A lot of clients have told me, if I could just go back in time, I would have invested more into my Roth. But the reality is, like Eric mentioned, the Roth was created in 1997, and even today, a lot of 401ks don't even offer a Roth option. That is some of the appeal of a Roth conversion because it's not about what happened in the past. It's about what you can do today to alleviate future taxes. I believe you're somewhere in your 20s. Do you fight this battle? I do. Personally, I, I try to establish tax diversification now. So in the future, I'm in a good spot. I think you're smarter than the average bearer. Eric, is there a possibility that tax rates rise? How does it affect the conversation about the conversion? Well, first of all, we already know that tax rates are rising. Because at the end of 2025, the lower tax rates that we've had from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act are expiring. So we know already tax rates are going up. However, a lot of people think we're seeing all this new spending. We're seeing the debt of the nation increasing. And with all of that, we might see higher tax rates in the future. And that absolutely affects the conversion discussion. Because if you think tax rates are going to be higher, that's what makes the conversion more appealing today. And what's that saying about death and taxes, right? We, we know those two things will happen. Yes, we That's certainly right. do. Talking about Roth conversions and how we approach them on behalf of our clients at Annex Wealth Management. Tom, what's a ballpark? I'm curious, how many Roth conversions do we do in a typical year? Yeah, we do hundreds of conversions for our clients every year. And usually the goal is the same. It's tax diversification, because just like how investors want diversification in a portfolio with stocks and bonds and potentially other assets, additionally, a portfolio in theory should have proper tax diversification as well. What I mean by that is a portion in taxable assets, a portion deferred pre-tax, and some tax-free. But really, to answer your question, something I really pride myself on the financial planning team here at Annex is we take a very comprehensive, detail-oriented approach to Roth conversion. So we're not giving blanket advice that you should always do this or never do that. We really let the math tell us what makes sense. Eric Strom is financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Tom Burkholz is a CFP and financial planning specialist at Annex. Is there potential for unintended consequences with Roth IRAs? I mean, does that affect Medicare premiums, things like that? Yes, and it's it certainly does affect Medicare premiums as one example. And I will say that the unintended consequences, that's almost why Tom and I and others have a job, because it's so darn complicated. You mentioned Medicare premiums. Your Part B and Part D Medicare premiums depend on your income. So if you start voluntarily accelerating taxes into this year with a Roth conversion, that can really up your Medicare premiums. And then there's other obstacles as well. There's net investment income tax as an example. That's an extra tax that higher income earners can face. So we are always trying to navigate all of those different obstacles in addition to the tax brackets themselves to decide about conversions. Tom, how about clients who have already begun taking Social Security benefits or required IRA distributions? Do 
Roth conversions have an effect there? Great question. Like a lot of things in finance, it depends. A Roth conversion can really be thought of as artificially receiving more income because you're paying the taxes on it. So someone with income from these other sources do have to weigh the pros and cons of potential consequences of a conversion in any given year, like Eric was alluding to. Another big thing is tax torpedoes. So sometimes if you do a Roth conversion, you subject your Social Security to additional taxes or even bump your capital gains rate up or phase yourself out of certain tax credits you want to receive. So it's really good to get a customized calculation for every tax year before completing a Roth conversion. And we'd like to help you through that process, folks. We sure do it for our clients for investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. The website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Tom Burkholz, CFP and financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. And Eric Strom, financial planning manager and CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. I'm Danny Clayton, Dave Spano, our president and CEO in the studio. If I'm looking back on this uh, show, we talked about passion assets, and that's one of those things that we look at. It's important to some people. If it's in their estate plan, we'll definitely look that over. Hear the difference. We heard an Annex Wealth Management client story, uh, 401k basics from a retirement plan services team. And if you're a company owner, this is what we do for companies. We set up those great benefits programs because you got to attract and retain four stages of retirement. That really interesting thing where the first day to the second year is really a tough one for some people. And then just talking about Roth conversion. So Dave, a really good example of what we do here at Annex Wealth Management. Well, a team. I mean, obviously it wasn't just you and I sitting here and talking for this hour. It was the shows the depth of the team. And that is really important because, you know, you just don't want to have one advisor that you're relying on. You know, maybe he's out golfing that day or, or wherever. And, and how do you get to the next step? That is the reason why we built such a robust team with very talented people. And I learned that early on to surround ourselves with great talent. And you put a lot of them on the radio today. My wife came in the other day, and and guy that she knows at the health club said, oh, my investment guy called and said, I'm spending too much money. I said, did he say anything besides that? She says, no. You need a better, closer plan with your person that can, you know, because who knows what was happening in his life. In fact, I know he's taking care of an elderly mother. So when those things happen, our team reacts. Yeah. So the depth of the team is important. And you talk about, you know, for example, spending too much, that's a financial planning concern. But folks, you know, as we, uh, as we wrap up the show, uh, there was a lot of news that was made in the financial markets this week. And that volatility is likely going to stick with us because of that uh, until, you know, through the summer and probably probably into the election. And that volatility is is really about risk and understanding what risk is in your portfolio. And it's healthy. If you've been managing your, your money yourself, you know, we use independent custodians like Charles Schwab and Fidelity. If you're doing that yourself, make sure you've got a partner to help you through that, to make sure that you've understood the risk that you have in your portfolio and go through this assessment and get access to this deep team that Danny and I are talking about. And there's a process to go through 
through and we invite you to go through it. Pretty easy, and you can do it on a Sunday morning. Just head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. You click the Get Started button. A lot of people think, oh, sometimes I click that and they're just going to bug me. We will not do that. When you click that button, it's basically kind of fill out a form, name, address, contact information, um, you know, basic asset range, and that really starts the conversation. From there, we will ask for a lot of your statements so we can get a picture of what you're doing. Then our financial planning team will chew through that, see what works, see what might not be working, see what can be more efficient, and then we'll begin the conversation to get that plan in place. Because as Dave says, 2022 and probably even 2023 are going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. The volatility is going to stick with us, folks. So make sure you go through that process. We've got a deep team. Uh, We look forward to helping. If you came in late on the show, it's going to be on the Annex Wealth Management Show in minutes at 1 o'clock on the Spotify channel. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great week. We'll see you next week on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, right here at 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.